Hi, I'm Mansi, and this is the Brown Girls Don't podcast, a podcast that talks to different members of the support circle each week to challenge the many ideas pushed onto South Asian women and prove that actually, brown girls do. Welcome to episode 10 of Brown Girls Don't. This is my final episode, Pav. Oh my God, I feel absolutely honoured and privileged. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I think you should probably introduce yourself because I feel like calling you Pav, that won't necessarily give people the information that they want to know. No, not at all. Hi, I'm Pav. Um, I work as a project director in the creative industry and I've been freelancing for, God, I can't believe I'm saying this now, for like six years. And we're here to talk about all things freelance in the creative industries and also as, you know, as South Asian women. Yes, we are. I think you introduced that better than I ever would. <laughs> so you said that you've been freelancing for six years now. We'll talk a little bit more about things that you've learned in freelance a little bit later. But I started freelancing. I was freelancing for about a year before I went full time. And we'll talk about you know, the difference between going full-time and being freelance as well. But you've been freelancing for quite a long time now, so I'd like to think that you really enjoy it. Definitely. Like, if I, if I do have these moments where I'm like, oh, could I go full-time? But I think the, the bottom line for me is, like, I don't actually want to work for someone. And sometimes I forget that, oh, I'm, a, I'm an actual director of my, of, and I have my own company. Um, but, yeah, I really enjoy it. And, you know, we can definitely impact more about the freelancing world like I don't want to sit here and say it's really easy but then at the same time I don't think I'd have it any other way um but yeah it's definitely been a journey and and it continues to be a journey you know yeah speaking of that journey what made you want to go freelance can you pinpoint a moment or was it a gradual decision that you made um it was a decision that was made pretty quickly actually I'd say over the course of like maybe six months so just give you a bit of background um about myself so I did marketing at university um and then ended up doing like internships after uni I'm originally from the Midlands London University, um Coventry but now I'm in Birmingham but the twang is still there though like and I I'll, it will never go and I never want it to go either so it's a bit of a weird twang I've definitely got it somewhere it's like I'm sure you can hear it but um yeah so went to a London University did marketing and then I started interning um and you know back then like and I'm, I'm you know I'm not I'm sure it's probably the same now hopefully not but you know they were like unpaid internships and mm-hmm. the way I really got by uh, Mansi was like through my friends so a lot of my friends were in London and I'll never forget this actually because interning in London I didn't have any family in London so a lot of my friends actually put me up so you know I'd stay at one friend for a couple of weeks and I'd stay out another and then off the back of that I ended up working at a very small kind of like ad agency um and then yeah that, that ad agency was super super small learned the ropes really quickly you know you just like scrabbling around slightly and um it's funny actually because two of the girls that I met there were still really, like two of my really really good friends um and then after I did that and then I went off and then did a few other things and then I ended up working for a big ad agency and it was coming up to probably two years in that ad agency. And I was a bit, I just got a bit disillusioned by it, if I'm honest with you. I was working on like a telecoms brand. And I was just a bit like, oh, this is, I don't think this is for me. And I, I, I'm very led by my intuition. Like, 
I'm very much still about, okay, if there's something, if there's a feeling, niggling feeling within me, I can deny it for however long, but I'm going to have to face it at some point, right? So I just kept getting this niggly feeling where I was a bit like, oh, I'm not really feeling this anymore, you know, like telecoms, this kind of like environment. And I think one thing that made me go freelance was maybe like my peers around me. So one of my really good friends from my that small ad agency um job that I had she actually went freelance so I think that influenced me a lot as well like I wouldn't probably know what freelancing was or if it was an avenue if it wasn't for like maybe my friends doing it around me and so yeah I think that was a big thing for me thinking oh well actually maybe let's dabble in a bit of freelance and it took a lot a lot of courage actually like I said it took me like mm-hmm. a good six months and there's a really good friend of mine who's still a really good friend of mine who worked at that agency with me called Jen she was a producer and I remember oh my god I remember I still have this in my phone Monty this is <gasps> screenshot Show- when I messaged her this is the 28th of January 2016 right and I said to her I remember this so vividly and I I, this is what I said to her I said to her I just can't I keep denying this feeling inside me but then I think x agency is such a good agency am I going to regret it i.e going freelance right and she said Pav you're young bright clever and passionate and you need to find your instinct and that is not x agency and I've always had that in my phone because that really kind of helped me be like right I'm going to make the decision and I remember this one day right before I the day I gave her my notice to my boss went in this like little cubby hole with Jen I was like Jen I'm going to do it I think I'm going to do it she's like yeah Pav go on you do it so I think it was coming back to your question I think it was intuition knowing that okay this role isn't really for me anymore but also my peers influencing me and also championing me to be like you know what you got this because you know self-doubt creeps in all of us and my doubt was creeping in me being like god should I be doing this should I not and yeah I think I think that was the kind of that main motive for me I was like let's do it and when I didn't and if I'm honest with you I didn't really know what I was doing up like I didn't have a job lined up didn't really know much about freelance if I'm honest with you I just knew that the current situation I was in I wasn't enjoying it I was in London there's endless opportunities let's go and see what's out there so yeah that's how I kind of like went into freelance and um I remember when I gave my notice in I didn't have anything um lined up and I think the main, main kind of port of call were like recruitment agencies and I recall getting my first freelance gig it was like a six-month contract it was a fixed-term contract actually um and yeah I went in there for six months and yeah the rest is history really and that's how it all began the rest is history oh my god and since then I mean I know you sometimes aren't allowed to really name drop but I feel like name dropping in this instance will give will give a lot of us some motivation so in your years of freelancing I'm like please drop the names so in your six years of freelancing who are some amazing people or some amazing um projects that you've worked on can you tell us in a mix like I'm going to be really honest probably the first couple of years I didn't work on like passion projects or they weren't really like brands I was massively interested in and I think that's one kind of like I think it's really important to persevere and to know that what you want to do and the kind of thing you want to do, you're not going to get there straight away. So I think the first few years I worked on, you know, got it such a range of brands from like a telecoms again. I worked with, you know, like a hotel brand with some alcohol brands. Um, but I think only the last kind of like few years I've been able to go into more like youth culture brands and more kind of like fashion brands as well. So 
and I, and I've really enjoyed working with more youth culture brands. So your likes of like your Converse, your Adidas. Um, yeah. I've worked at publisher side as well. So like Lad Bible, I've worked at Dazed, um, which I really really enjoyed because obviously as the landscapes um, changed, you know, digital's obviously evolved. It's been really good. Mm with publishers as well and seeing how those you know how publishers work in the current landscape so yeah, yeah. really um I've been lucky to work on projects these last few years that I actually have an interest in and I've just finished up a stint at the Gay Times as well who are, who are a publisher online so that's been really good as well just really learning about you know the LGBTQ plus community um and listening and learning from that um from the queer community as well so yeah I've had a varied experience and I think that's one thing about freelance it's really enabled me to firstly work with different creative agencies network work with different types of people building relationships but also like a whole array of like a different brands like I wouldn't be able to do maybe what I do today in terms of the brands that I enjoy working with if I hadn't worked with those brands early on in my freelance career yeah. that experience you know so I think yeah. looking back now I, I see how the dots all joined like I had to go through that experience exactly how it was to be here now to be where I can kind of pick and choose projects and you know I just want to read it back a little bit and actually just talk about what a freelancer is because I think people yeah. like you and I who were in the industry it's so easy yeah. Oh, freelance, la la la. So yes, I mean, you say that. I had a similar experience. So I started off in a similar spot to you. Obviously, I'm no longer a full time freelancer, but I used to work at a tech consultancy um, and I did marketing as well. Not at university, but I did marketing as a career. So snap. And I just remember there was a point where I was experiencing regular unrest and discomfort in my in in the agency I worked at like day in day out there's the, this niggling feeling that you're mentioning mm. I'd be like is this really for me you know and, and I remember the one the one thing that put me off is um one of my bosses was like we're giving you a pay rise we're putting you on an x amount and I was like oh my god that's amazing and they were like yeah yeah maybe in about three six months time you'll go up um by 2500 on the ladder and I was like imagine uh, you know imagine being it's not just about money but you know not only was I being limited in in the way that I was thinking but imagine also being limited by money and mm. your talent not being a measure of how much you're paid or um what your achievements look like oh sorry <laughs> that was my team's going off oh <laughs> never switch off I never switch off I'm not even going to cut that out so that everyone knows um yeah what your remuneration looks like and I was just like imagine being so limited and the reason why I went freelance was because I didn't want to be limited I didn't want to be boxed in no, you say that actually boxed in because like I'm not here throwing shade at being full-time like there's pros and cons yeah, exactly. Like, if it works for you, cool. I'm just here to talk about my own personal experience. And that's one thing is so interesting you say boxing. So when I worked at this big ad agency, I was based, my, what I did was based on my job title. So I am an account manager. You, as an account manager, you do X, Y, and Z, you know? And what I found by freelancing and actually going to smaller agencies is that I ended up doing it, like I was able to just get involved in a bit of everything. So coming back to firstly, like what freelancing is. So a freelancer is someone who works alongside, let's say a company, a brand or a client and provides a certain um, 
service right for a certain amount of time so it could be for a couple of weeks a month several months up to a year longer right so you provide a service so you can you can either do it via setting up a limited company you could do it via an umbrella company or you can go into an organization have a fixed term contract meaning let's say you're on their payroll yeah that's what a freelancer does but um yes my point about going into so going into smaller agencies um I felt like I could, so my role, sorry, is project director. So what I do is I go in, work alongside creative agencies and their teams. And I have a very client facing role where I would work, I work with a brand and we create brand campaigns for them. So my role is going in, working with the creative teams. It will be like a creative and an art director coming up with the idea, then working Mm -hmm. alongside a producer, producing that, i.e., you know, producing a shoot, going on the shoot day, then obviously overseeing and managing all the post-productions. The post-production could be, you know, we could be creating a set of social videos, video content, it could be still imagery. So my role is going in from conception to completion, not always, sometimes I could go in post-production or sometimes just strategy. It's about managing that. And I see my role as a project director is I'm at that glue, I'm that glue yeah. But then what I love about my job is that I have that client facing aspect to it as well, like building that relationship with the client. And I think when I was pre freelance, my role was um, an account manager. And I did feel like I was quite boxed coming back to your point. And I feel like looking back now, freelance has really enabled me to break those boxes. Also, to some extent, break like a job title box as well. I think working with smaller agencies I've been able to actually input in the creative input in the strategy you know and I've really really enjoyed that and I'm going to be honest initially it was really scary because I think in a big ad agency you're slightly protected in a way you're like okay this is my job role this is my department I go and speak to x y and z and it's very kind of you know it's it's in that kind of vicinity whereas in a smaller agency you're more exposed so it's like god you know people are and it was really hard if I'm honest with you like that kind of that change and I did find it quite tricky the first few like freelance roles that I did but as time went on my confidence grew but I think that's really one good thing like one pro for me going freelance is that it's enabled me to do a bit of everything now um and I really like that and my kind of sorry I'm jumping around everywhere I know but my kind of outlook is that even now five six years in I don't know everything. My philosophy is I know nothing. So I go into a role. If I don't know, it's okay. And that's a lot of unlearning I've had to do because at one point I was like, God, I've got to know everything. They're going to turn to me. And they do as a freelancer. Like usually I'm going into a company when shit's hitting the fan, so to speak, and I'm coming in and, you know, it's fast paced and I have to sort, manage everybody and sort things out. So to a level, I am expected to know what to do. But what I love freelancing is that I've been quite lucky into teams where you know we figure things out as we go along and I really like that so I think that's one aspect of freelancing I really enjoy don't get me wrong the doubt creeps in sometimes and you do get a feel a bit like fear like even now I'm like do I know what I'm doing and sometimes you're going oh it's it's coming from somebody who who is out of the freelance game at the moment and you know there are many reasons as to why I've left the freelance game in order to go full time. Um, but before we get on to, you know, the tea and all of the challenging, we've sort of had a similar journey, but you're six years ahead of me. Um, funnily enough, by the way, Pav, I actually do what you do at my agency. I know you're a project director, but I'm, I'm an assistant producer. 
So I'm more or less also the glue. So it's nice to chat to somebody who's who's doing the freelance version of what I'm doing. No better person to get on as a guest um, on this podcast actually talk about the freelance version of what I do. Um, but when I when I first went freelance, you're right. I was I was shit scared, and in fact, I didn't have any jobs lined up. I just quit my job because I wasn't happy, and I was like, I'm going to do something. You know, I'll think of something. And I feel like your journey you have to have such thick skin because you'll get an opportunity, right? For example, I got an opportunity to work on a potential political campaign and it was for a big party. And I was like, oh my God, I'm going to be doing the content for this political campaign. And, you know, they never followed through on it. And then there was um, a podcast that I was asked to produce and that was never followed through on. And then there were a couple of other projects that I was mm-hmm. told to to get in. And and every single time I'd be there like, oh my God, this is it. This is the opportunity. This is when everything's going to change. Mm-hmm. And things would go wrong and mm-hmm. as much as they would go right. So I feel like thick skin is one of the biggest qualities that you, you need as a freelancer. I'm but what are some of the what are some of the other skills you need as a freelancer and on the converse what are skills or qualities that would deter somebody from progressing as a freelancer oh gosh okay i'll answer your first <laughs> yeah totally agree i think you need a thick, thick skin you need to persevere um and also one big thing for me is you need to be adaptable. I think it's huge. I think you can easily go into a role where you're like, oh God, don't like the work or don't like the brand or don't like the team. Sometimes you need to think of the bigger picture, you know? Sometimes it might be, okay, I need to do this for because I need the income or I need to do this to then get to the next step. So I think adaptability is so, so important because every freelance role is different. Every team is going to be different. Every environment is going to be different. So every each time I go into... Um, each time I go into a new freelance role, I kind of set the tone before that, okay, this is a kind of, um, this is the kind of, you know, vibe or energy or whatever I'm looking for. Is this something that you have? Um, so yeah, I think adaptability is really important, but also I think drive as well. So it's not mm-hmm. you as a freelancer to go out and look for leads and look for jobs. Uh, it's not like you're, you're back in school or, you know, of course, that's the same with the full-time role as well. But once you have a full-time role, you're in there for however long you wish to be in there. But with the freelancing, you have to have the drive to put yourself out there. And that sometimes is scary, you know, to go like, oh, hi, knocking on X's door, you know. And like you say, you sometimes don't hear back from them. So it, you've got to mm-hmm. have that drive. But also patience as well. So, you know, patience and also initiative. An example of patience and initiative with me is, uh, so with days, I remember um, sliding into the then client service director's Instagram DMs and being like, hi, you know, I'm looking for X role, would love to come in and have a chat. Went in for a chat, didn't actually get the role then. And then a few months later, I, I don't think anything of it, then a few months later, they actually emailed me and that's when my relationship with Days evolved. So I went in and then I went in again and the rest is history. So I think sometimes we may get disheartened when it's a no or we don't hear back, but actually it's, I really truly believe that it, it that's happened for a reason. And sometimes it's just having a bit of patience and having faith as well. I think faith is a huge one for me, especially in my career. Um, faith, higher energy, God, whatever you wanna, you know, whatever faith is to you. I think that's been a huge thing for me 
um, having faith that knowing that actually I feel like this is the right thing to do and I may not know all the answers but I'm going to take that one step and figure it out, uh, figure it out as you go along like I think that's really courageous and when I see my peers doing that when they're like oh feeling really uncomfortable at the moment but I'm riding the wave that to me is like that is the juice you know and I find that that's really like a brave thing to do so yeah having faith patience um and then your question about kind of like what qualities maybe not to have I don't know actually that's an interesting one I think mm. my role in particular project managing I'm constantly talking like you know building relationships with people now I'm not saying if you're an introvert you can't do this role of course you can mm. but I think there needs to be an element of you need to put yourself out there and I think no yeah. know like for example with me I definitely need to do that more you know and that's something a task for me to do next a lot of jobs that I get through word of mouth and I'm really grateful for that because I've built that network however let's be honest who knows me outside of my network probably not a lot of people that's my next task now to get myself outside of my network so I think it's it's important especially like how you know the creative industry the social media landscape it's so fast it's ever-changing I think it's really important to keep just you need to keep evolving with the landscape but then yeah I say that but then there's there's also me who's getting jobs in who's working on projects that I want to work on so I don't know it's a it's a balance I guess Mm-hmm. it's a difficult one because the thing is I know people who okay I know followers aren't necessarily true representation of how successful you are but there are some people who I see barely going to any networking events and they are working on the on the biggest campaigns because that inner circle knows them and can rely on them and on the other hand I know people who have like 50k followers on Instagram or or TikTok and and they're getting their opportunities and so obviously there's like this dysregulation so I'm not necessarily saying that there's one clean method to it but also one of the things that people don't realize and one of the things that I didn't realize about going freelance is how much it relies on networking, um, whatever you call networking. So with me, um, and it'd be funny because my friends, they'd be like, oh, you're working, what, you're working like 30 hours a week this week, you know, whereas we're doing 40 hours. Um, we'd assume that you'd have more free time. And I'm like, no, because yeah, I'm getting paid for those 30 hours. But, the, you know, I've got to do independent work on top as a freelancer. Mm. I've got to get applying to projects um, so that my cash reserves never run dry. Mm. I've got to constantly update my story so that people understand and know what I'm doing and to educate people. Mm. I need to get started on those side hustles that I said I have time for. You know, I feel like as a freelancer, you never really switch off. So what's that? what's that been like for you? I think, God, it's interesting, isn't it? Because if anything now... I tend to, I think with me personally, it's, I can see the progression as the years have gone by where I'm actually, it's really important for me to switch off now. And I think Mm. I'm unwilling to uh, uncompromise on that. Like, it's really important for me to go into a work work culture that isn't like a sweatshop. I've done all that. And I think it's really outdated to be like that. And I think for me, my well like my spiritual health my physical health my mental health is very very important now and I think Mm. for me it's if I'm probably the opposite and it's really interesting we have this chat actually because if anything I probably need to do more on social but at the same time what I find is the proof is in the pudding prove yourself when you're on a job that's what personally I've done so when I when I'm on a project 
I've done X, Y, and Z for then that person to remember me for the next project. So it, yeah. I think social media is great for like a shop window and showcasing mm-hmm. what you what your what your services are, or you know, it's fantastic for that. And you know, we talk social media takes you worldwide. It's not even just the mm-hmm. UK, right? So social media is great for that. But what I sometimes find is one social media but could be fantastic, but then there's no substance there when it comes to the work. So I think it's a balance of both. I think utilize both, but also find, don't feel like you have to do it just because you're a freelancer or, you know, make sure it's authentic to you and don't burn yourself out. Like it's not worth it. It's really not like, I appreciate you need to put yourself out there and you need to get jobs and stuff, but I'm just in a phase now or not in a phase. I'm just in a, in a place now where I'm like, I'm actually, okay with not doing the most in the sense that mm. I'm actually okay with where I am because I think we live in a society where it's like more 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 you know yeah actually why I, can't we just be happy with where we're at why are we mm. always striving for more why can't we just mm. be yeah it's true I mean and that's not just something that freelancers or general perfectionists have to make their peace with specifically it's people in our in our community as well leading very nicely on to where we start getting specific because um one of the questions I wanted to ask you is how many people day to day do you see um doing your job who look like you who who represent the same demographic as you oh my god oh gosh I think my silence says it all really, doesn't it? Yeah, not yeah no, it doesn't. But I, do, I, I don't want it, to, it's, it's, yeah, not not as, not as a lot, unfortunately. But I do think the landscape's changing, I think, over the last few years. And I think COVID's also accelerated that as well. Um, yeah, probably the best people that I work with are probably not, don't even have a big social media presence who are South Asian or brown or black Um but yeah, unfortunately, I don't see, still, I don't see enough people that look like me in the industry. Mm-hmm. I think things are slowly changing, but I think there's a lot of um, progression to be made. And I think it's people higher up just relinquishing control and also just, you know, breaking down those barriers, which I think is happening slowly but surely. The reason why I ask is because I was doing my research, of course. I've come here with the numbers. Um, and in 2022... Isn't it funny how there's always statistics about US people and they don't ever supply UK statistics on Google. I'm like, dude, I want statistics which are specific to my country. But I don't guess. In 2022, about 76% of US freelance workers, and that's, you know, not just creative industries, it's, it's in general, identified themselves as white. That's from the website Statista. Now, I know, I know. Oh, by the way, for people wondering why I'm saying I know, it's because both of us each other very very short I'm also not surprised like are we surprised I mean no not really but you know whenever you hear those figures it gets you again I know that we're not we're not the number one experts on sociology and the way people work and movements but you've been in this environment and so have I and you are a brown woman and so am I and so I wanted to discuss why do you think women of color are less likely to pursue freelance roles and by that I want us to discuss uh, external factors and then internal factors as well because I think it's both mm, god good question gosh I think it's maybe 
lack of education. So just going back to how I went freelance, it's because my friend or friends were freelance. If I didn't have that, I wouldn't really know that freelance is a route for me. And also I'm, I'm second generation, right? Um, so my parents always had or have stable nine to five jobs. They've done that for all their lives. That's seen as that the stable thing to do. So I think what I've seen growing up is always a full-time job is the aspiration. And, you mm-hmm. know, or whether it's, you know, that's that's been the thing that you, you I've seen growing up. And I think, yeah, I think maybe it's maybe how you've been brought up or lack of education that this particular um, field is available to you. Um, yeah, and I... And, and, it makes, I think it's, yeah, writing this different narrative for yourself. So for example, I remember the first time that I had a bit of time off between roles. Oh my God, it felt the most bewildering thing ever. I remember sitting at home being yeah. like, everyone else is at work. Why am I not at work? And it took me a while to get used to that. Now it's fine. I'm like, look, I am in charge of my own life, my own routine, my own plan, all good. But I think it's rewiring yourself slightly because it might be how you're conditioned to be brought up that a full-time job is a stable thing to do, um, you know, and that's what you aspire to do as well. So, yeah, I think it's, you know, I don't think a lot of people know that it's an avenue and maybe it's it's looked down upon a little bit that, oh, you're freelancing, not really, you know, a full-time thing. But actually, you've got to be quite firm in yourself and be like, this is actually what I want to do. And I'm living life on my terms and not on someone else's. Yeah. What are your- yeah. I, I think, do you know what? you? I'm going to latch on to what you just said. Um, the prospect of living life on your terms now, I feel like as women of colour, we're never told to live life on our own terms. Um, or we hear it less frequently. With me, for example, I'm, I'm always thinking about the community and what the community might think. Um, on top of that, you're right, there is a fear. Mm. So when I, <laughs> when I first went freelance, oh, this is a story. Every single week, my dad would be like, so where have we got to on this client that you said was going to be a potential? I'd be like, Dad, they fell through. And he'd be like, well, what are you going to do next? And I'd be like, Dad, you're freaking me out by freaking out. Mm-hmm. Um, but, also, but, you know, for them, bless them, it's like they're not yeah. used to it either. So for them, they're like, exactly. oh, I'm trying to encourage you, trying to support you, but they're also, they're also in, ter- in, 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 in waters that are not familiar yes. Right, like for example, like with my parents, it took them a while to know, really understand what I actually do. Like I remember my dad turning around to me one day, he's like, "I actually don't know what you do." So I was like, mm-hmm. "I need to sit down and actually really explain it to them." And now they get it, you know. So it's just it's also understanding that that generation, then they're, they're not. Well, my parents okay. certainly weren't exposed to the you know the creative industry, so to speak. So you know, and they've been very supportive of, of me mm-hmm. doing doing my thing, but um. Mm-hmm. So, like, I feel like take them on that journey as well because don't get me wrong, it's not my job to teach them, but it's exposing it to that to them as well, being like, this is what I do, and for them to understand that, oh, okay, cool, you know. So, yeah, I think it's 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 a bit of both, really. You're not. I certainly wasn't exposed to it at school or, you know, things like that. And yeah, you just yeah, don't really know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, do, I mean, let me just. Let me just ask you honestly: Do your parents actually know what you do now? Because yeah, mine don't. 
like you've got to yeah I explained that you know I go into this kind of company do this and I gave them an example things like that now they ask like more like questions like mom's like what project are you working on now you're going to go on to another project it's just bringing them along on that journey and I'm really grateful that you know they've they've always been you know they've never dictated or you do this or you can't do that they've just always just let me be and just Mm -hmm. so they may not necessarily understand, but they've always supported, which is such a huge learning, man. You know, like for me, just moving forward, yeah. So it's cute. Like with my dad, for example, I remember we went to the Monday, like when I was when I was full time freelance, and he was like, "What do you do again?" And I was like, "I guess a bit of everything, you know, Dad. I'm a creative. I produce. I I, I write." And he was like, oh, "Okay." I told my friend that you're a journalist and she's going to try and get you involved in something. And I was like, I'm not actually a journalist, but thanks for that, Dad. It's cute. cute. Also, the other thing that I wanted to talk about is is rest um, and how... I don't know about you, but I get jittery when, when I, when I'm, as you said, you know, when you're, when you're off a contract, um, when you're taking rest, if that were me, I'd be like, what am I going to do next? You know? And it's it's a double edged sword freelancing because, um, in, on one, in, um, on the one hand, you know, when, when, as a freelancer, when you say that you worked one hour, you need to, you know, you need to show what you did in that one hour and so when you're saying you're working 40 hours you're switched on for those 40 hours and so you're constantly working which is great because as south as a south asian community we've always been about working we don't believe in mediocrity right we always think about perfect perfection and how to achieve it at the same time though it slowly kills you yeah. it it does right it's not sustainable it's, no, it's, it's not sustainable. And, and I think over the years, like I said, I I'm making sure I prioritize rest and doing doing it doing what feels right for me because mm. like I think it's it's your mindset through the day. You can either have a scarcity mindset or you can have an abundant mindset. Ultimately, there are there is work out there, you know, as in freelance work. It may not come when you need it to, but it's you know, ultimately, you know, if if you look and you just persevere, the, the work is there. Um, and mm. I guess, you know, I'm saying that from a place where, you know, I, I appreciate it's not like that for everyone. I say it in a place where obviously I've built a network. When you're starting yeah. off, I can appreciate it is a bit like, oh God, slightly daunting. Um, but I think, again, it comes down to like leaning on your network and building that slowly. But I think rest it's just an, an I, it's just a non-negotiable for me like for example like I may work on a project let's say for three months and it is it is, it is quite intense so what I'll do is I'll make sure that I take a few weeks off before I start the next one like I couldn't do my job 12 months straight it's just not that it's you know oh my god I'm not saving lives of course I'm not like let, let's be real here but it's just the mental the mental um the the like it it's just very, very full on, I guess, you know, you're mm. going 100 miles per hour. And now like my body's like, oh, you're not going that 100 miles per hour now. So it's just, it's like, mm. you can't, you're on a come down, you know, after a project. Yeah. But I think what I've learned to do now is I've learned to actually listen to my body because, it, you know, it's not, it's, it's really important for me just to take that rest because if I don't do it, no one else is going to look after me, you know, and it's, it's really, really important. And don't get me wrong, that's taken time. That hasn't been there from the offset. But yeah, I think for me personally, over the years, 
it's not about working constantly it's about actually having mm-hmm. those moments of like rest in, in between let me so you talk about the the importance of rest um and I think the importance of rest and preserving my sanity is why I had to escape from freelancing. So it's interesting that we're having a conversation because when I first met you, that's when I was first getting into freelancing, was really, really excited by the idea of freelancing. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, I still am. But I decided to go full-time into an agency. And the reason why I did that was because, as I said, I was working 40 hours a week um, for two brands which again, same as you, they weren't necessarily my greatest loves, but it was work. Um, On top of that, I was trying to build my personal brand. I was doing some side hustle projects. But what I'm going to... So essentially, the money just wasn't worth it. Mm. Um, And time and time again, I see women of colour freelancers ending up going back to full time Mm. because they're just not being paid the right amount. Um, So I wanted, I guess, to talk about pay as a freelancer and and more so as a freelance woman of colour. Have you ever had experiences where you've been underpaid and how have you sort of gotten through that? God, good question. And I think it's so important to talk about pay. I don't think we do it enough, especially like in the South Asian community. It's all like hush, 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 you know, and it's like, I just think it's just weird but um when I started off I didn't really I didn't really know like like I, I didn't really know what kind of rate to be on because obviously I was quite junior but then I leaned like, I, I leaned on my friends quite a lot who were in, in the freelance world like they gave me a bit of an inkling of oh maybe you should be on this but I do remember one example actually I was working at an ad agency and um what I've done, by the way, every year is I've upped my rate because as each mm. year goes by, my experience my experience increases. Yeah, I evolve evolve as a person. But I remember this one time in an ad agency actually, I went I was managing this project and we were shooting in Budapest and I was shitting it, if I'm being honest with you, because I was like shit with like these really like senior clients going off to Budapest. Afterwards mm. I came back and I thought, actually, I leveled up here. I'm no longer like mm. a senior account manager. And I remember going to my boss and being like, you know, actually, I, I think I, um, I need to be on this day rate because of X, Y, and Z, and uh, this needs to be my job title. She was like, yeah, cool, that's fine. So I think it's having that belief within yourself. So yeah, the pay wasn't there straight away when I started off, but what I've done as, as, as time's gone on is slowly just make sure I've increased my salary, in, like, you know, slowly but surely as the years have gone on. Now, I know obviously yeah. that's not, you know, it sounds all like, oh, yeah, it's easy. And, you know, it's it's taken a while, you know, it's taken a while to do that. And even now it's having the confidence to be like when I'm having these, um, you know, prospective calls with um, agencies and clients. And when they ask what my day rate is, I'm like, yeah, bang, it's it's this. It's having that confidence to be like, this is what I'm yeah. monetary this is what I feel I'm worth, you know, and it's having that confidence. And sometimes you do think, God, am I charging too much? Am I not? But actually, you sometimes just got to go in for the kill because if you don't ask, you don't get. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think I started off in the opposite way, which is so annoying. God's sake, I wish I was listening to this podcast last mm. year. <laughs> but I I, um, I had situations where rather than making the, the project or the client uh, fit or accept my day rate, 
I was accepting theirs. Mm -hmm. And I think the biggest reason why I was doing that was, I mean, obviously it came from a place of fear, right? Mm -hmm. But if we can expand on that, I was new into the freelance world. Mm -hmm. I wanted to earn money. I wanted to have experience because I, I didn't have a good portfolio. I didn't have a leg to stand on. What do you think is the best way forward? You know, is it is it saying that this is my day rate or is it fitting into other people's uh, needs and then gradually introducing that day rate? Honestly, I don't think there's a one clicker answer. You may have a project on the table and you're starting off and you're like, wow, I really like the project or really like the agency. And then you go for it. Like it really depends on the circumstance at hand. Um, but I think what, what's really important is to maybe talk to people who are potentially in the industry or even bounce off your friends that you trust to be like, look, I'm in this certain situation. What are your thoughts? I think in that moment, maybe having a chat with people that you trust is really, really important and who you can have a really frank conversation with. I think that's what I did is to talk to industry friends to be like, actually, what do you think? You know, and I, I think that's what the that's what that's what's really important and I appreciate obviously when you're starting off you may not have that network but I think you know nowadays there's so many like you know groups and whether it's like on Facebook or Instagram that you can that you can lean on and, and a lot of like creative communities as well so I think yeah there's no kind of like one answer to that and you know I think it's very kind of like it, it depends on the circumstance so for example I've taken on a role where it's not about the brand, but it's more about I needed the money or sometimes I've taken on a role where it's like, OK, not going to earn a lot of money from this, but it's a really good you know, brand that I'm interested in or even like a team that I want to work with. So it really depends mm. what's at play and what's on the table mm. at that point. But I think the key takeout is, is talk to people you trust in that moment because they can give you that reassurance that you need. Like I needed that reassurance to go freelance initially. Sometimes I need reassurance to do certain things. So I talk to people I trust and that's really helped me. Yeah, I think um, there are so many skills and learnings that you pick up along the way. Um, in fact, one of them was one that actually made me throw in the towel and say, do you know what? I'm done with this. Um, I was working with, oh my God, I haven't even updated you on my life yet, Pat, <laughs> but let's just on here um I was working with a um the CEO of, of a brand um and I started working with her in November and it was it was amazing uh but for some reason there was always um a lack of trust on her part towards me mm. even though I was working really really hard then she started working abroad with a six-hour difference and her entire workforce was here. Mm -hmm. So I'd have to, you know, not only would I have to do my work day, but I'd be on like dates or like going out with my friends and correcting things that she thought weren't good enough. In the end, what made me really just, you know, turn my back on the freelance world was, um, so I'd asked her for a contract. I know you're gonna be like, Mansi, but I'd asked her for a contract and I asked her about it three times. And she said, well, this is the probation period. Um, I'm gonna keep extending it until, you know, I know that you're the right fit. And I was like, okay, that's fine. But can I have this written in a contract? Um, yeah, sure. But you know, you're gonna to have to wait for that. And in hindsight, when I was speaking to another one of my, um, one of my colleagues that I was managing, she said that when she asked for a contract, the uh, the CEO asked her to um, draft it out herself and she wasn't going to draft it out for her. Anyway, in the end, she, um, she rang me um, and she said, 
so what have you got done today? And I was like, I did X, Y, Z. Um, I, you know, did this strategy. I looked at these um, captions and copy wrote this. And she was like, okay, well, I've done some thinking and I'm um, reassessing a resource and, you know, I just feel like, you know, I, I need to, I need to get away from, I need to stop spending as much money on a creative resource. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what's left to do for your task this week? And I was like, I guess nothing. And she was like, right, well, in that case, you know, it's been really nice working with you. But, and I was like, and I had obviously had no notice period. Now, number one, before you give your reaction, now, the first thing I learned from that was, <laughs> Always ask for a bloody contract. Okay. I do not start. Honestly. Listen, you're here to tell the tale. You know now it's okay, you know? I know, I know. Oh, don't oh, believe me, I know, I know. So my question is what is the biggest learning that you could give to somebody who wanted to be a freelancer right now? And do you have do you have a lovely little story to give it some weight? <laughs> Okay, one thing I would say, I don't have a story behind this, but get yourself a good accountant. When I started okay. freelancing, I didn't really know, like, if I'm honest with you, it took me a good few years to really get to grips with, actually, how do you run your own business? And um, I'm, I'm now with an accountant who's amazing, so get yourself a good accountant, and it's okay that you don't know everything, that's the whole point of your accountant, but get your accountant to explain to you, like, now I'm like to my accountant, can you explain things like, accountant for dummies, please? That's one thing I'd say is just get yourself a really good accountant that just can help you along the way. And I would usually go with somebody that's quite small as well because you get more of a personal service. But a key learning, oh gosh. I'm really putting you on the spot today, aren't I? No, I'm not really good on the spot. Oh, um, oh I've got key learning. Go on. <laughs> this is quite controversial. But I would I would highly recommend you get fired at least once in your career or yes, yes, or you continue to fail, but obviously learn from your failings. So I recall actually once I got I got um, fired actually from a role and this was like very, very early on before I started freelancing actually. So it's not really a freelance. Um, That's okay. It's not really a freelance experience, but this was like my second job in London and looking back now I kind of jumped too quickly I went from like a really small company to like a really big one is working on like a global brand didn't really know what I was doing to be honest I think I wasn't yeah it was it probably it was a bit too fast-paced for me and I just wasn't used to that then and and I gave it a go and I gave it a shot and clearly got fired clearly but actually it was the best thing that ever happened to me and when I did get fired I felt really like at peace with it and sometimes and the moral of the story is sometimes just go for it and just give it a shot and I think it was because it was quite early on um you know you pick yourself up again and then you know you you do whatever you do but yeah I, I know it's quite controversial but I would say like not say intentionally get fired but even if you ever do everything is a learning and everything has a silver lining and I look back at yeah. that with such fondness actually and I just think you know what that was meant to happen the way it did um so yeah that's one thing and I'm just trying to think from a freelance perspective because I hear so many horror stories about like delayed payments and things like that and if I'm honest with you I've never really experienced anything like that I've always had like invoices yeah. paid on time um but yeah I don't think I have any horror stories if I'm honest with you 
I think just all, be firm in your services and be firm in what you're offering. Don't let anyone walk all over you. Like, you know, I'm going to be honest, the hours are long sometimes. Like if it's a really, projects that I work on are very, very fast paced. Um, my grey hairs will tell you that with, with the stress. It is, you know, like pros and cons. Like I wouldn't say it's a con, but yeah, the hours can sometimes be long. But I think now it's it's really important to put in like boundaries. Like now I really, but when I go for interviews, I really try and get a good vibe of like the client to see what the client's like. I always ask, what is the client like? Because I don't want to be working all hours on end, you know, working till like silly hours o'clock. So I think... Yeah, I don't really know where I'm going with that. Please cut it out. <laughs> oh, I, what's really got me about this episode is that you've been so lovely and positive and happy, like this wise, I was going to say wise old woman, wise young woman. No, I just, I don't know. I, I, I'm quite into it. I think there's, there's definitely, like, personally, there's definitely, you know, like now I'm definitely in a different phase of my life. So I'm just thinking, okay, how how can how can I evolve this? So that's certainly in the pipeline. But I think don't don't what the advice I would give is don't be don't just allow your conditioning or you know your thoughts to overtake. Sometimes it's okay to go down a path that is the unknown path, or maybe yeah. you know people if you're the first one in your family to do it, it's completely fine. And I think you know mm-hmm. touch word life's a very long journey, life's a long long road. So if you if it's something that you don't want to do one day, it's completely fine. I think sometimes yeah. we think that oh my god, this is everything and we have to stick in this. Actually, if I don't want to do this tomorrow, it's completely fine. You gave I gave it a shot. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes yeah. it's not that deep. Like we take ourselves too seriously sometimes. It's like chill out. You're giving me such a perk up this Friday. But it's true though, don't you think? Like, I just think as South Asians, as South Asian women, it's it's, it's really important to take the autonomy in, in our hands. Like, I love now that when I go to creative agencies and I work with brands, I'm like, this is who I am. And, you know, if I'm honest with you, like, earlier on in my career, there was, I did assimilate because I wanted to fit in. But I think as time's gone on and, you know, my confidence has grown and who I am within myself, now I'm like, okay, this is who I am and unapologetically myself. And, you know, yeah. and I see that a lot in, you know, I, I'm I'm not Gen Z, I'm I'm older, but I see I do mm-hmm. see it in younger people now that they're they're doing that full, like straight on and it's really, really yeah. inspiring to see and there's so much to learn from the younger generation, you know, and yeah, it's just nice to see that people are branching out into more like creative roots, into creative feet in creative like fields. So yeah, I'm. I mean, I'm definitely inspired, and I'm definitely excited by the next gen, and I'm here to help, um, however I can, whether that's joining the dots, connecting people with other people, like mm-hmm. here for it, and I, I think there's space for everybody. I think it's really important mm-hmm. to have an abundant mindset. I think sometimes we could think, oh God, I need to take this role on because the next one might not come in. It will. It's fine. It's just our mind bugging out. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's it's an exciting place to be, and I just think as brown people we just need to take ownership of our own narrative fuck yeah. you know people telling us how, how what we're meant to do or how we're meant to live like we just need to do that ourselves and however we yeah. think that's you know and south asians you know we're not all the same as well so you and i are very different yes we might have brown skin yeah. but in the creative industry we might work in a different way like you say so i just think it's like yeah just do your best and just be kind and be nice to people, man. Help others. Because what I found is that 
by helping other people it comes back to me people now remember me and like right we want to work with you on x one z and you know it's just just be kind and be nice yeah funnily enough that is i mean i've i sort of part-time freelance now you know i shadow people i'm trying to build up my skills i just want to be doing some really cool creative shit over the next year basically really building up that skill set but what has happened is whereas the seeds that I sowed last year where, you know, I'd be really, really nice to somebody, obviously not expecting anything back, um, or I'd connect with somebody um, and they like my personality and I like theirs, all of that is coming back to me now. And it's so nice to see because you go into those situations or, you know, maybe you're networking, maybe you're going to a play, maybe you're on your Instagram stories and you see people and you talk to them without really expecting anything, mm. without really any ulterior motive. And it's so nice that, like, what I would say, I know, you know, I've, I've stopped freelancing full time, but what I would say is I think I'm seeing so many more South Asian freelancers and they are all so enthusiastic to help you take you into the fold get you involved help you out of like your really dark days and it's so lovely to see that totally and I think sometimes we're reluctant to reach out all it takes is like for you and I that's how we connected we just connected over Instagram you know and sometimes it just takes that little step to be like oh um, would love to have a little chat or something sometimes we can get so jaded by someone's bloody instagram page like it's not real life you know sometimes mm. just, we just gotta remember we are humans you know and it's okay to just like if you want to reach out to somebody just do it sometimes we kind mm. of um you know hold back with fear of like all oh, that person but you're completely right i think if you put yourself out there i think it all comes down to your intentions any act, act you do, what are your, what's your intent behind it? And I think if your intention's pure and, in, you know, right, then I do feel that's what you'll eventually attract as well. But it just doesn't happen on our timeline. I think we live in a world where everything's so instant. You want to date, you've got a dating app. You know, you want, you want to eat something, you've got, you've got an app for that. So I think sometimes... Very Yeah, we've just got to persevere, I think, and just believe in yourself as well. And that doesn't just happen miraculously. That's by surrounding yourself mm-hmm. with people, like you say, who pick you up when you're feeling a bit low. And yeah, and it's okay. It should go at your own pace. That's what I'm learning myself mm-hmm. is that I don't need to be mm-hmm. working at this pace. I just got to do what's right for me. And yeah, the mind does sometimes bug out, but I'm not in a race with anyone, you know? I'm not even in a race with myself. It's just do what you think's right day by day. Yeah. Speaking of, do you know what? I feel like you've gradually I knew you were always lovely but you've gradually developed this like measured um gratitude filled personality was there ever a time where you were so close to being like do you know what I don't want to freelance anymore and what made you what brought you back into the fold no if I'm honest with you no no way really yeah I haven't I haven't thought oh god I'd want to yeah I haven't unless it was a really enticing offer on the table I'd be like yes snap that up but no how come like what's because the thing is I mean I mean that's actually so shocking to to see but the reason why I ask you that is because there were so many times where things went wrong for me Mm. or like you know I wasn't wasn't getting um the interviews and I wasn't getting the offers 
that I'd I'd seriously rethink my career path. Mm. Has that never happened to you? Or where have you channeled that energy? No, I haven't, if I'm honest with you. I think I've just always been looking out for the next thing and just, yeah, looking out for the next thing. And, you know, social media has been great for me in that way. Like, I've, I've just literally sliding. I'm not saying it's, easy, it's as easy as this, right? But, like, I've got roles, like, sliding into people's DMs on Instagram or, like, via Facebook groups. But um, no, if I'm being honest with you, I what I really love about freelancing is I'm working with different teams constantly. I love working with different brands. And I think I, I th- like the kind of personality that I have, I thrive off that. I love that change. Um, yeah. So it's, it, you know, it's, it doesn't get monotonous. So yeah, if I'm honest with you, no, I haven't felt like maybe I will one day, who knows? But at the moment, I'm not like, God, yeah, I'm itching to get a full-time role. This works for me, if I'm honest with you, and I, and I enjoy working this way, um, mm. and it gives me that kind of, like, flexibility. But, you know, I wouldn't say it gives me all the freedom because, you know, even when I am freelancing, I am chained to my desk, whether it's 10 till 6, 9 till 5 or whatever. So it's not like, oh, lunchtime, I can go for a little coffee or a little whatever. Yeah. With the role that I do, I need to be in front of my laptop. So sometimes I am a bit like, oh, God, thought freelance would give me that freedom in inverted commas but it doesn't really be the kind of role I do that's why yeah. I guess through in between projects I take a few weeks off because that's my little bit like oh moment to just like recharge so you know it's it's a bit of an with my role in particular it's an illusion to think oh I have lots of freedom in being freelance because I ultimately don't because it's essentially a full-time job whether it's a three-month role a 12-month role or what however long the role is so yeah, I treat every role as a as a full time role anyway. So maybe in that way, I don't think feel like oh, I need to be in a full time job because I see this every role as a full time job. Do you see what I mean? Yeah, completely, absolutely. And it's my it's my reputation, so I've got to make sure I do a good job, and then you know people remember me off the back of that. Hmm. So, um, how might someone make the transition to freelance? Is it better to go in with a plan or? just learn as you go along. Because with me, with a, me and you were the latter, right? Mm-hmm. And then there are also people who, who, who set things up. Yeah. Uh, I would say definitely if you're thinking of going freelance, like save a bit of money on the side. So whether, you know, to pay your rent or whether you're living at home for your bills, your outgoings, definitely be sensible and have like a pot of money that you can lean on for a couple of months if you don't find a job straight away. But I think, yeah, I think networking is really important. Like, There's always a lot of like networking events happening, you know, in London and around the UK as well. Talk to your peers that are in the industry as well. I think that's really important because they end talking to your peers in the industry. They understand the industry a little bit more. Um, Mm. So I think that would be that that would be um, that's a good thing to do. Like if there's somebody, let's say you admire, you admire somebody's work, whether it's designer, art director, reach out to them on Instagram, slide into the DM and say, hey, look, I'm thinking of doing X. Do you have 10, five, 10 minutes for a chat? You'd be surprised that people are willing to help other people. Um, but I think, I guess with me, I took that plunge, but I didn't have a job lined up. And then, you know, luckily I ended up getting one quite quickly. 
So I think, I think it's a bit of like, I'm a bit of risk taker in that way. I'm not like very methodical. I'm like, right, got to have A to Z, everything in place and then I do it. You've just got to crack on with it. And I think learning on the job, I'm still learning, you know, and I think you can read all the books you want, but really when it comes to like doing roles and experience, it is on the job, learning from your team as well, whether they're younger than you, older than you, whatever. I think once you're in a role, just be like a sponge, learn as much as you can. Yeah, I think the other thing about, you know, doing what we didn't do, i.e. going in with a proper plan, is that although I didn't go in with a proper plan, and I too am a risk taker, I was there like, three months in, I'm going to do this, six months in, I'm going to do this. It all goes to shit, doesn't it? Because nothing, you know, you never know what's going to happen day to day as a freelancer, and in general in life. So I would say, if you're somebody who's going to plan Make your plans as loose as possible. Big expectations of like, oh my God, then I'm going to work on my dream client in like six months. But it's like, yes. have, have a loose plan in place of like, you know, uh, yeah, have a loose plan in place, but don't get so bombarded down into expectations because as you said, life, as you know, it just flows how it wants to and it might take you left and it might take you right, it might take you backwards, but just, yeah, mm-hmm. just be, be willing to just kind of flow with where it takes you. Mm-hmm. So uh, what's next for PAV? Because I know you just took on the biggest project ever that you will ever do in your entire life, which was your wedding. Oh, my God, I know. Oh, my God, it took it, 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 I think it could have taken my life slightly. And I think, if I'm honest with you, um, career work took a bit of a backseat. But um, mm. it's, it's a good question. It's something I'm figuring out now. And, and I think... I think it's, it might sound really small, but it's actually just getting putting myself out there outside of my network, whether it's like creating a website, being more active on social. I think that's something that I need to do when I've been, you know, thinking about doing it for a while. And, you know, it's been great that I've been getting jobs through. But now it's just actually just, yeah, just thinking about how I want to kind of, you know, expand freelancing, whether I want to build a team around me, because, you know, at the moment I'm a one man band, which is great, but i built such a great network over these years. What's not to say that I can't go into an agency and be like, right, I'll build a team for you because I have that network. So it's just thinking about what's beyond myself, I guess, in a way, but also, you know, helping others along the way, especially especially the community, whether that's through mentoring or whether that's, you know, when I'm sitting in a room and we're thinking about, okay, who can we bring on board to work on this project? Thinking about, okay, how can I bring in more and people from the community on that project so I'm always thinking in that way anyway so yeah don't really have a definitive answer but I'm just enjoying the ride as we go along god that sounds so pav sounds like you're just you're loving the journey and I, I love that do you have any do you have any last words whether it's advice whether it's motivation for fellow brand women and fellow non-brand women who are considering going freelance or even you know thinking about what it might mean to them in the future mm. um i say definitely do your research in terms of like what you want to do surround yourself with people that you trust and who can be honest with you um and also i'd say go for it like don't be scared by other people's opinions or what other people might say if you've got that feeling within you and your gut saying actually I want to do this go for it and I think you know fear can hold us back and it's definitely held me back in some instances it, it is still holding me back and I think 
don't listen to that voice just if you feel like you want to do something just go for it but I think it's really important to have a network around you that helps you and just are your cheerleaders when you need it the most um and yeah reach out to people you know people like I said you'd be surprised people are willing to help but what you need to do is take that first step and reach out to that person or people or company and you know don't be disheartened if you don't hear back just continue um I feel but yeah I feel like I've just blabbered on there no you haven't blabbered on you've said has been so valuable one other thing I wanted to say is is that create with your friends you know it's not about working with the biggest brand or the biggest creative agency start off with the most meaningful is with your own community so start something off with your friends do that photo shoot create that you know I don't know magazine that you want to create so just it it's I think the end goal, what you have to ask yourself, what is the end goal here as well? Is it about working with brands? Is it about, you know, helping your community in a way? Like what I'm thinking now is that actually I want to help people on the ground more, you know? It's all well and good creating social media campaigns, but how can I make an impact in my immediate community? You know, because as we know, like in the current climate, it's, people, it's, it's a real hard time for a lot of people. So mm. it's more about like how can I make an impact in real life? So just think about what your value are what you actually want to do perfect and with that god it's the end of series one i can't believe it thank you so much for having me no absolutely always and um hopefully i'll see you on series two which is going to be released i don't know when but watch this space <laughs>